Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Our Lord and our God, we just want to thank you. We thank you, Father, for the entrance of your Word. It brings light. It brings illumination. It brings clarity. Lord, this morning... We ask, oh God, that you give clarity unto your word this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, I ask, oh God, that Lord help me, Father, to minister with simplicity, with accuracy. Father, that Lord, I will speak your mind this morning in the name of Jesus. That Lord, you help me to be coherent in my words. That Father, much more than I speak, Father, that Lord, you will give clarity to us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as we were worshiping earlier on, I was saying that we're not done yet because I just really felt that, you know, we, we need to continuously tell God how good he is to us. How good, how faithful. Because when you listen to the news, when you listen to what's happening, you know, we need to be glad, we just need to be grateful to God that God you keep us every single day. You watch over us. We sleep at night and we wake up and we take it for granted. We go to the market. We take it for granted. A young lady went to buy her mom a present and did not get back home. How sad is that? A young guy the other, a few years ago just went to the chip shop. And there was a stray bullet. No, God watches over us each and every day. And that's why we can't stop saying how faithful God is. We can't stop telling him how good he is. We go out at night and we come back home and we take these things for granted. It is by the mercy of God that we're not consumed. And that's why this morning we're going to say, we're going to sing that song. For all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath. Has God been good to you, church? Last week, has God been good? All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing. Of the goodness of God, I will sing of the goodness of God. Every day we need to sing of the goodness of our God. Amen. 
You know, I'll share this with you. And I heard this yesterday and it just really, it just really hit me like a brick wall. How many of us like watching movies? Any type of movies? Good. Right, and I heard this yesterday. It says one day, one day, one day. I don't know when that day will be, but there will be that one day for each one of us. It says your life will flash before your eyes. Make sure that it is a movie you would like to watch. When your life flashes before your eyes. You know, we watch some movies and say, wow, that was a really good movie. And you watch it again. Or you, you actually, you, you can recite every scene in that movie. But when it comes to the movie of our lives, when that time comes, let us make sure that it is a movie that is worth I don't know if it means anything to you, but it meant a lot to me. If God was to flash my life before my eyes today, would I say that was a good movie? Or would I say that was not a good movie? And I pray for each one of us that when that time comes, that we will be saying it is a good movie. It is worth watching. Our children can watch the movies of our lives and say, I am going to recite that movie to my children. Our grandchildren will be able to say, oh, what my grandma did. My grandma was a prayer warrior. My grandma's always sang unto the Lord. My grandma always helped other people to know God. What would our movies say about us? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You see, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about the theme for the year. You know, fulfilling our purpose. And what it means to live out our purpose. And we also took a look at what are some of the hindrances, what are the things that the enemy puts in our way to hinder us from fulfilling purpose. We, 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 we talked about, you know, when we say, oh, you know, I'm living my best life. And we know without a shadow of doubt that Jesus lived his best life because he was doing the things that his father had called him to do. And he was, he was content and that's why he kept on saying time and time again, I am about my father's business. And to each one of us, everything that we do, the roadmap of our lives should be about going about our father's business, whatever that might be. You see, for me, I'm one of these people that I just, I, I like... Um, I like direction. I like focus. I like, you know, clear and concise instructions. You know, do it this way and I'll follow. And when you look at the Bible, from Genesis right through, God teaches us 
precepts upon precepts, line upon line, scripture upon scripture. To every single thing that we face in life, there is a way that God wants us to do. And that's why it says, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but thereof is what? Destruction. Because there is a way that God wants us to do things. And that is why he has given us his word. You know, the Bible is just, it's full of instructions. Every, I mean, there is no book in the Bible that you will pick that does not give us instructions about one thing or another. And you know, just to, just to, I'm not going to say it's a, a deviation, but yesterday when we watched the, how many of us watched the coronation? Right. I watched the coronation. But do you remember that at a certain point, when King Charles was going to be anointed, what did they do? They stripped him right down to just a tunic. And I saw it and I thought, there isn't much to it. But what else did they do? They covered, because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when he went onto the cross for each and every one of us, the world stripped him. They stripped him openly. But King Charles, they covered, they gave him dignity. But you see, despite the public stripping of our Lord Jesus Christ, he still remains king overall. Even when he was in the grave, he was still Lord of all. And he will continue to be Lord of all. And as was prayed earlier on, this is a king. Our king will never die. I was saying to someone this morning, we might see the enthronement of another king. But if there is one king that we will never see another enthronement because he is always king and he will continue to remain king. But you see, there was another thing that, you know, that, that just really struck me yesterday when I looked at that. And it said, you know, when, when the Bible says that our life does not consist of what we have, of our possessions. So as much as he was king, to anoint him, they had to bring him down. As a humble man. And that's why the Bible says he is, he's not after goats and bulls, but after a broken and a contrite spirit. And that's for each and every one of us. No matter what we own, whatever, no matter what, 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 how many letters are after our names, it does not mean anything if we're not doing the will of God. So my prayer this morning is that for each one of us, me included, that the words of God will give expression to our lives in everything that we do. You know, I say, and I say this with all humility. The more I think I know, the more I realize I do not know. And I think that's the driving force for me to, 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 to make me want to know more. 
but not more from man, but more from the Holy Spirit that is able to break things down to my level, more from the Word of God. Bible says the word of God is live unto us. That's our basic instructions before leaving earth. Every single thing we need to know is in the word of God. So this morning we're going to start off with what God's wanting to teach us. And I think I'll just, you know, there'll just be an introduction and we pick up on this next week by the special grace of God. And we're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. You see, this book gives, um, gives us insight into how we need to, you know, live out our purpose. But when we read this book, you know, it, for a lot of us, it generally gravitates towards preaching about weddings or, you know, you know, when we preach about weddings, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Or, you know, we talk about when one falls, you know, the other is there to hold him up. Uh, or sometimes we use it to preach at funerals. You know, we talk about there's a times and seasons, that there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to cry, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh. You know, we talk about all these things, a time to search, there's a time to speak, a time to be silent. And that's why I said, you know, God gives us instructions on everything. And he talks, he says there's a time for war. But we need to know which ones are godly wars. And there's a time for peace as well. But you know, for everything that we do on the face of the earth, what does Solomon call it? Vanity. Vanity. The Bible says it's, it's the words of the preacher. Vanity. Chapter 1, I'll just read this very quickly. Chapter 1, verse 4, it says, A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. So, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes lends itself to a beautiful way in which we can live, live life. And one thing it does is it mirrors objects, you know, that we're familiar with. And, you know, when you look at, when you look around you as a believer, and this is something that I do regularly, you know, I look at things, I look at the trees, I look at um, flowers, I, I, I look at even chairs. I look at things that God has created. And I ask, you know, God, you have created these things for a purpose. What can I learn from it? Unfortunately, you know, there are people that begin to worship those things. And that's not, what, that's not the purpose of it. You know, we admire, we, we, we admire these things that God has created, but there's also an element of learning that God wants us to learn from it. You know, it's interesting that much as I've read so much, well, I wouldn't say enough, but I've read 
the book of Ecclesiastes before, until I did the study, I didn't realize how much God wanted to speak to us about garments, about the things we wear. And we're going to touch on that very quickly this morning, and then we'll carry on next week by the special grace of God. Um, you see, a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter Sunday, and I don't know if you noticed, some would say Resurrection Sunday, but some of us were white. Isn't that it? And you find that with some churches, right, they wear white on Easter Sunday. It's a cultural thing to do because it depicts the beginning. It depicts, you know, resurrecting. You know, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new season. It's, you know, it's, it's a sign of holiness. And that's why sometimes you find some churches, you know, the white garment church. You know, some of these things start right because before it becomes, sometimes it becomes an idol. Or adultery. You know, when you look at some of these um, religions, a lot of the things they do can be, um, you, can, you can actually, um, what's the word, when you align them back to scripture. So people wear white for confirmation. They wear white for christening. Baptism, weddings, and I mean, some of us ladies would have had that dream as a child. You know, you grow up, you're going to wear white, you know, white wedding gown flowing. And I remember my mom in those days, she was very quick and very intentional about setting the rules for me to say, if you want to wear a white wedding gown, these are, these are the boundaries that will qualify you to wear a white wedding gown. But you see, my message today is focusing on wearing a white garment, from a, not from a physical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. Amen. So let's take a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 8 to 10. Hallelujah. Amen. Do we have it? Okay, I'm going to read, I'm going to read from the Amplified. Amplified. He said, let your clothes or let your garments always... Be white and do not let the oil of gladness be lacking on your head. Live joyfully with your wife with whom you love all the days of your life with which he has given you under the sun. All the days of vanity. For this is your reward in life and in your work in which you have labored under the sun. Verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom ensure where you are going. Amen. 
So I'm just going to pick out here. Now, Solomon here is giving us some counsel, some instructions, or, you know, a commandment, as we might call it. But these commandments are to believers. So we can also say that they're a call to believers. Things that God is wanting us as believers to take note of. Now, there are four counsels here. And we're going to look at the first counsel. Verse 8 says, let your garment always be white. So that's a call for us to be careful. Not to be careless. If our garment is always going to be white, that means that we need to be careful of the places that we go to. It needs, means that we need to be sensitive. And we're going to talk more about that in, in the weeks to come. It's a call to embrace wisdom. It's a call for holiness. It's a call for purity. Amen? Now, let your garments always be white. I was going to wear white today, then I changed my mind. But assuming I had a white outfit on, would I go and buy palm oil in Brixton Market? Or would I even go as far as the meat shop and I'm mixing with other people? No. Why is that? Because I don't want to be stained. I don't want to be contaminated. And when we're wearing white, God is saying, you are wearing white. So that means that there's a way that you need to walk. There's a place that you cannot go to. There are things that you cannot watch. I'm talking about wearing white spiritually. But if we look at it from the standpoint of us wearing a white outfit, there are certain things. If you wear white, if I was wearing white today, I would stand out. And probably somebody might ask, oh, okay, she's wearing white. Is there a reason why she's wearing white? I'm wearing white because I stand out. I'm not like everybody else. But you know the very interesting thing is that for each one of us, every single one of us, from the day we give our lives to Christ, we are wearing white. We've got an outfit, a white outfit on, spiritually speaking. And that's why, you know, Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday, King Charles, they, 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 they had to shield and cover him when they were anointing him. But our Lord Jesus Christ, no one shielded him when he was on the cross. He was, he was there for everyone to see. Let your garment always be white. We cannot afford to be carefree. There are things that people of the world would do that we cannot afford to do. 
There are places we have to avoid at all costs. There are conversations we cannot afford to have. There are things on TV we cannot afford to watch. Because we are wearing a white garment. When you wear a white garment, we cannot afford for it to be soiled. You know, the thing about white is that the minute it gets soiled, there are certain stains that would never completely come off, no matter how much bleach. And that is why you find that with some people's white garment, after a while, it becomes off-white. There's a reason why they call it off-white. It is no longer white. But you see, we're in a world where a lot of things have been turned around and changed. Oh, it's still a type of white. It is cream. It's not white. Because if you put white beside white, uh-uh, you will know now. Let our garments always be white. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you, Eh, Joe, your garment today is not white, oh. But thank God, the Holy Spirit is there to help me to bleach it clean. We should not get to a point where we, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, we've been snared. We can't, you know, we can't even listen. We don't have the Holy Spirit. Not the, the Holy Spirit is there, but we, you know, we, we've done life so much that when the Holy Spirit is speaking, we can't hear him anymore. Our garment always needs to be white. If you wear a white garment, you have to be careful of your surroundings. Where you go. Who's around you. Because it's not, also, it's not just about where you go, but also who are the people around you. Iron sharpens iron. If, we, if, if we're always in the midst of unbelievers, what would we hear? Words of unbelief. Know who to share things with. I'm expecting that if I share something with a believer, the natural reaction is encouragement in the word of God. But if we're sharing things with an unbeliever, don't expect encouragement. Because they are not that way wired. And that's why it's important that we're careful about our surroundings. Let our garments always. Is it easy? No. But it is worth it. 
And that's why God said he will never leave us to do life by ourselves. I will never leave you, nor will, you, will I forsake you. When you go through the water, it will not drown you. When you go through the fire, it will not burn you. I would uphold you with my righteous right hand. He would always be there for us. Wearing white means that we have to be careful of what we're carrying. What are we holding on to? Unforgiveness? Bitterness? These are things that will drown us. If we were to, if we were to look at the color of bitterness... Of, of anger. I'm sure it wouldn't be white. It would probably be black. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to carry on. But the Bible says that, and this is why it says that we should guard our hearts. You know, God is not saying, I will guard your hearts for you, you know. He says, we have the responsibility to guard our hearts with what? All diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Everything we do in life flows from here. Someone said, oh, I fell into sin. No, you, you, you deliberately, <laughs> it was a deliberate act. But it started from here. If we know that we're vulnerable... It's important that we do not surround ourselves with things that would make us fall quick. Flee. Isn't that what the Bible says we should do? Flee from what? The appearance of, not sin itself, the appearance. If it looks like sin, then flee. Amen. You see? This scripture, um, guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it flows the... It says this scripture implies that whatever we allow into our hearts, if it's not examined and evaluated properly, would undoubtedly be expressed in our lives and in our actions, both in a negative or a positive way. And that is why we are called to carefulness. Hallelujah. We're going to carry on next week by the special grace of God. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you. We thank you, Father, because it is in you we live and move and have our being. We thank you because you are the glory and the lifter up of our heads. We thank you, Father, because we have been created by you unto good works. Father, You are the reason that we are alive, oh God. So, Father, this morning, even as you have called us to carefulness, you have said we should always make sure that our garments are white. Lord, we're asking for your help this morning in the name of Jesus. It is not you, it is not about those, oh God. It's... um, Father God, we we ask, oh God, that Lord, you help us. We cannot do it by ourselves. It is not to him who will it, nor to him who run it, but it is to you who helps and shows us mercy. 
So we're asking, Father, for you to help us, oh God. Where, oh God, our garments have been soiled, oh God, we're asking this morning for your mercy. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us, oh God, to clean our garments, oh God, that, Lord, we can restart and we can come back, oh God, to that place where you want us to be. We're asking, Lord, that, Lord, you cleanse us and wash us, oh God, with the soap of his soap in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us, oh God, that our garments, oh God, will be cleansed. Lord, help us to be careful where we go, what we do, where we, what, what we say, oh God. Help us, oh God, to be sensitive to our surroundings in the mighty name of Jesus. My Lord and my God, Father, we pray, oh God, that each one of us, oh God, Father, this morning as we have heard your word, much more that I have, than I have spoken that, Lord, you will bring clarity to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, the Bible says, oh God, that you, oh God, are the one that knows the heart of each and every one of us. So are we asking this morning, Father, where there needs to be amends, that, Lord, you help us. You help us to make amends in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, wash us and cleanse us and make us a new in you in jesus mighty name we pray amen and amen if you were blessed by today's message why not share it with a loved one and as always stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk we hope you were blessed